Welcome to the Grace Cafe with Dwayne Lynch. Real talk in real times. Real situations with real people. Keeping the perspective on God's grace. Some people have seen where God has brought you from. They don't really understand it. They don't know your story. You don't know my story. You don't know the things. You don't know the things that I've come through. You cannot imagine. You cannot imagine. Pain the trials. The trials I've had to You don't know. You don't know my story. You don't know the day he said. I was at my nose. At my lowest point. You cannot imagine the strongholds and the walls that you said. But God has been faithful. God has been faithful to me. He promised. He promised he would never leave me. My story. My story proves that God can use me. Deliverance is my Story. It would blow your mind. That's the key. They don't know. My story. Story. Say it, Lejeune. You don't know my story. The anguish and the guilt that consumed me. Grateful, I can tell it. For no more shall the shackles condemn me. You don't know my story. You just don't know. For if you did, you would lift up your hands. So just let me tell you. Let me tell it. Life and favor. 
thank you for your mercy. God of mercy. And you love me. Life and faith. Life and faith. Oh, how wondrous. So what people don't or fail to understand is that life with me has been a struggle. It's been a fight. You know, it's been a fight to be a better person today than I was yesterday. <clears throat> be a better person than I was last week. Or even be a better person than I was last year. But situations and people and even the state of our environment being what it is or what they are, it's a fight. While, write, while writing this book, I realized that that fight for me started as a kid. I must have been like six or seven years old. You know? And people, people will always say, you know, like, forgive and forget. But when 
they fail to realize is that forgiving is the easy part. Forgetting is hard. It's very hard. You know, so I fought. I fought through the manifestation. I fought through the madness. I fought through the abuse. I fought that fight through bad decisions. I fought it through committing crimes. I fought it through addiction and I fought it through incarceration. I fought that fight through loss of family, friends, relationship, stuff, whatever. I just could not give up fighting. I failed. I got up and I fought. I fought like hell. And by the grace of God, I'm here today. Even though today I'm in a better place, that fight, that fight continues. But today is a good fight. It's a good fight of faith. And I'm continuing to fight that fight until they take me home. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Grace Cafe, where we talk about real stuff in real times, real situations with real people, but keeping the perspective on God's grace. Um, I first want to thank you all for tuning in, and I want to tell a quick story before we get before we go into prayer, because you know, a few weeks ago, the enemy came to me and. You know, he had a comment. He tried to have a conversation with me about this podcast. And he tried to tell me that, you know, he tried to tell me not to do it. He said, nobody's listening to you. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And then, you know, after after hearing this, you know, I went into prayer and I asked God, how do you want me to do this how do I present this and what God did was he reminded me of when he told me that he wanted me to minister and when he told me or let me know that he wanted me to minister I was in jail that's one two in it was in a dream and in the dream um I was preaching 
and but I was preaching in when I was in the street. I even though I was using drugs or whatever, I used to like to dress. And there was this one, you know, uh, outfit that I used to wear all the time. I had a gold Gucci sweatsuit and I had a black Gucci sweatsuit. And in the dream, I had on the gold Gucci sweatsuit and I was preaching. And that's when God let me know that he wanted to minister, wanted me to minister to people. And so, you know, as I reflected on those times or the time leading up to when I started taking God seriously, I was able to tell the enemy, you're a lie. And so I'm here today. We've been off for a few weeks and I apologize for that. I've had some technical difficulties, some issues and all these kinds of things, but it, it, I just had to get into a mindset or get into a mode where, where I let nothing stop me from telling people about the grace of God. And so let's uh, go into prayer. Father God in heaven, Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the mighty name of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus, we come before your throne of grace, first of all, to say thank you, Lord God. Thank you for another day, God. Thank you for allowing us to wake up this morning clothed in our right minds. Thank you, Lord God, for our health and our strength. Thank you for the roof over our heads, the food in our stomachs, the clothes on our backs. Thank you, God, for all that you have provided for us, Father God. Lord God, as I go into this podcast, Lord God, let it be all of you and none of me, Lord God. Use me as a vessel to speak to people, Lord God, to speak to them where they are, Lord God, and to help them to understand that it doesn't matter, doesn't matter where we are. Your grace, your grace is sufficient for us, Father God. Father God, we thank you for this day. This is our 57th anniversary of the March on Washington, Lord God. And even though with all the things that are going on, God, help us to understand that regardless of what's going on, Lord God, you are still God. You are still good. And that we can still win. Father God, we bless. We ask that you bless the families, Lord God, that have lost people, Lord God, because of what's going on. The pandemics, the, the slayings, Lord God, the police killings, Lord God. We pray for those families today, God that you will lift them up, Lord God. That even though, Lord God, something, you know, not good is going on, you are still good. We thank you, Lord, for our families, Lord God. We ask that you strengthen our families, Lord God. Bring our families together. Bring people together, Lord God, to see you for who you are. And what you've done for us. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen.
Now, this is today's episode and suppose was supposed to be part two of my uh, promotion for my book, Transform, God Changed My Suit. And, um, you know, um, over the over the months or weeks or whatever, you know, different things have been happening. And so, you know, what I did was with this episode, this episode is supposed to be about mass incarceration. And because, you know, I spent a lot of time in incarceration. So that's what this uh, this episode was supposed to be about. But today, I want to talk to you guys about racism. We, you know, had a few incidents, you know, over the past few months, we had the George Floyd incident where um, George Floyd was killed on, you know, while he was killed by Minneapolis police, right? And, you know, he was killed while officers, fellow officers watched the whole thing. He was killed while bystanders stood there and watched and filmed the whole thing. You know, um, initially, I had not wanted to see the video, right? But my daughter said, you have to watch it, Daddy. And I was like, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. And so by the time I watched it, I was watching the actual uh, police body cam. It was told a different story than what they were telling. And it made me think and it made me wonder why the officers are not, you know, arrested for murder, not for, you know, involuntary manslaughter or anything like that but with that being said um in my in in me watching this video you know you heard George Floyd uh pleading with the officers telling them that I can't breathe you heard him calling for his mother calling for his wife tell my kids I love them. And initially, George Floyd died from the officer's knee in the back of his neck. And then you fast forward some weeks later and Breonna Taylor is killed by officers who were supposedly serving a warrant. They had the wrong house. They went in her apartment and shot her dead. And see, these things are, you know, I just wanted to mention those two because those two are really, really, really prevalent right now. You know, but the following weeks have been, you know, following weeks and months have been filled with anger. It's been filled with hate. It's been filled with cause for justice and it's been filled with sadness. Today where we are, you know, at the 57th anniversary of the March on Washington. 
and the march on washington today was beautiful but in my eyes the way i saw it as i watched you know as i watched martin luther king's granddaughter speak and i watched other speakers speak um the whole thing the whole march on washington is like history repeating itself over and over and over again until it's finally heard. Today's episode, yeah, was supposed to be about mass incarceration, but in a manner of speaking, mass incarceration and racism are the same thing. You know, it's the same thing. Mass incarceration is, if you can, if, if you can, wrap your mind around this. Mass incarceration is rooted in racism, just like slavery was rooted in racism and Jim Crow was rooted in racism. So uh, let's take a look at racism in America as it has unfolded over the years, all right? Back in the 1600s, a race of people decided that first, they wanted to steal land from Native Americans. They not only stole land, they stole gold, they stole silver, they stole whatever, but more importantly is that they stole land. They then decided to, and I'm talking about Europeans, they then decided to invade the second largest continent in the world. And of course you know that that was Africa. They then kidnapped the inhabitants for the purpose of making them slaves. In the year, in the year 1619, the first slaves set foot on American soil. And they set foot on American soil from a Dutch ship in Jamestown, Virginia. Now, from that year until the year 1865, this stolen race of people, they were, we were beaten, we were raped, we were lynched, we were shot, and we were killed, or we were just worked to death for no compensation at all. This race of people were brought to this country for one reason and one reason only, to work and build this country. We were never brought here to be citizens or to be any, or to have any part in this country's dream. We were here for one, one reason and one reason only, for servitude. And so based on those circumstances, a mindset was formed. And I want you to just remember that I said that a mindset was formed back then. And a mindset that was formally held by people like Christopher Columbus. Christopher, Christopher Columbus, he owned slaves. He stole land, he stole gold, he stole silver. From, from the Indians and he transported Africans to this country 
and no ships he owned. Yeah. And this should make you think that, you know, um, they have injected a national holiday in this guy's name. And you would ask yourself, man, why that is. You should wonder why that is. Columbus did not discover America. Here's what he discovered. He discovered how to degrade races of people and steal from them. Right? He stole their land. He stole their treasures. And most of all, in a lot of instances, he stole their nationality because he took them from their country and he brought them here to be slaves. So for 400 plus years, people of color have been degraded. They've been demonized. They've been enslaved. They've been beaten. They've been raped. They've been murdered. They've been discriminated against. And most of all, we've been hated. Hate is a very, very big word because if you want to use the word racism, what has to be understood is that racism is rooted in hate. That's where it started. It's a that it's a hate. Racism is nothing but hate. If you put it on the, I mean, if you just put it where it really is, racism is hate. John 10.10 10 says, The thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I came, I am come, that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. This, this scripture has been the condition of people of color for over 400 years. People of color have been stolen and they have been stolen from. They have been killed and they have been systematically and physically destroyed. From 1865 to the 1960s, we have been fighting for equality and civil rights in this country. From the 1960s to present day, we are just we, I mean, all we're trying to do is live and progress in this country that we were brought to. We didn't volunteer to come, to come here. We were brought here. We were shackled and thrown in the bottom of ships, and we were brought here involuntarily. The problem in this country is not racism. It's not racism. Racism is a byproduct of what's going on in this country. It, it, what's going on this, in this country is a deep-seated, deep-seated, a deep-seated spirit of hate. John 13, 35 tells us this, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And I don't care how, how long you've been going to church or you 
call yourself a Christian. That really doesn't matter to me because if you have hate for anyone, then your religion is false. And we have, we have so many people professing to be Christians from bird's eye view. But once they're, you know, out of the public eye, then they have hate for black people, for Mexicans, for Asians, or whatever the case may be. You have hate for them. So if that's, that, if that's your point of view, then your religion is misplaced. It's wrong. This is what Martin Luther King said. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. He said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Do that. A spirit of hate has dictated the mechanics of this country for so long that for some, it seems, it seems normal. But it's not normal. Granted, I, I mean, granted, people of color have made strides in this, com in this country. But if you think about it, if you think about it, the more things change, the more things stay the same. This spirit of hate for colored people has transitioned from slavery to Jim Crow. It transitioned from the KKK to the civil rights movement. And from the civil rights movement came thoughts that, uh, you know, from, from, from all of this came thoughts of white supremacy. You know what I'm saying? God never, you know, white supremacy came from thoughts that our race was inferior to the white race. But if God is your God, if God is your God, then you understand that God never made an inferior or a superior race. He only made a human race. So if he only made a human race, where does this, where where can this stand or why is it standing or you know but i mean mass incarceration has its start and root in racism mass incarceration came into play in the ending of slavery and the failure of the reconstruction the 13th amendment amendment of the constitution is proof that something needed to be done with us. Something needed. We were making too much progress in this country, in the country that they brought us to and they never, you know, um, had it in their mind for us to progress. So something had to be done. So the 13th Amendment was put in place. Slavery and involuntary servitude was abolished except as punishment for a crime. Things have gone on the way they have simply because there are laws like the 13th Amendment that need to change. They just need to change. Hearts need to be changed. 
Perspectives need to change. People need to change. You know, I was thinking the other day that, you know, regardless of our, you know, of our progression in this country, people of color have experienced what it is, what's called civilitor mortis. And civilitor mortis, mortis is Latin for civil death. It means the loss of all or almost all civil rights by a person due to a conviction for a felony or due to an act by the government of a country that results in the loss of civil rights. Civil unrest has been the pro a problem, an issue in this country for centuries. This country is in civil unrest today because laws, because of laws put in place hundreds of years ago that are still in place and they shouldn't be. Mindsets, ideologies, perspectives. I, I mean, these are things that are still in place, but the thing is, is that it's not as open as it was hundreds of years ago. It's hidden. And by being hidden, then I guess a lot of people think that it doesn't exist. But what's going on with these uh, police slangs of killing of unarmed colored people? That tells you something different. It tells you that we don't have the same rights as everyone else. We can't go on acting like all is well when we are actually, you know, we, we are actually free on the surface, but we're bound in reality. And when things like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor happens, you know, when things like that happen and there are no repercussions, then we know, we know that things aren't right. Mass incarceration, police slings, false arrests, lynchings, and things like that, things of that nature will not stop until we stand and demand some laws to change. That's the part. I mean, I, I mean, I get, I get the marches, I get all of that, but riots won't change this. Looting won't change this. A change in thinking on both sides, and a willingness to work together in a spirit of love. That's where the change is going to come. And if we can't get to that, then we, we, we're still going to be locked in this situation. I am still promoting my book with this episode. You know, math and, mass incarceration being the topic because I spent close to 30 years in the criminal justice system. And... The thing is, is that being in the system 
everything that I've said here today, for those years, I had no idea what was going on. I just didn't know. I did not know that these things were going on. I did not know the root to my situation. But um, my involvement in the criminal justice system did not stop until I had a change in mindset. I had to undergo a huge change in my thinking. I had to get, I mean, I had to just, just totally change my mind to get free from the system. This country is going to have to do the same thing. People's mindsets are going to have to change. They have to. They have to. I mean, we I mean, we just got to look at this thing, man, and understand, man, that that you know, people are people. Doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're Hispanic. People are people. And God loves people. He's not, you know, loving one race more than another one. He loves all people. And so, as I close this episode, I still want to encourage you to get a copy of my book today. I believe that my my story is a true, true story of grace, of redemption, and I want to share it with you. You can pick it up on Amazon, you can get the ebook, or you can uh, get the paperback get this paperback and you can read what God has done in my life because what he did in my life he can do in anyone's life I don't I don't I don't have the fact that I was jacked up I was messed up four ways from Sunday I was jacked up but he never left me he kept me and I'm here today and I want to share that with you you can go to our website. I want to um, give a shout out to my daughter because she has done amazing, an amazing job with my website, with my social media, because I don't really like social media, but I'm being told that this is what I have to do. She did, and you can attest that she did an amazing job with my book cover. And, you know, I just want to share all these things with you and... You know, check out the website. You can order a book through the website. And you can see these episodes on the website. Because, I mean, I just, just overhauled or rewrote all of my podcasts. All of them. Because I got a deeper understanding of who God is. And I'm so thankful to Him for all that He has done in my life. And I want to see Him do that in other people's lives. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the Grace Cafe. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Grace Cafe. Join us next week for the Grace Cafe. 
God bless. Oh